0: we only learn if we we call each other in as as people say um and start fighting your uncle throw hands at thanksgiving you know your your uncle said the n-word tell him something (laughs) fight him hi everyone (laughs) this is carmen and christina and this is historias unknown where today I will be telling Christina about an historia unknown, although she's the one who told me about this at first. But now she's acting but I like don't she remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't remember telling you about it. So this is still a little unknown to me, and I've I've forgotten a lot of what you shared, except that it was horrible. Because uh, everyone, this is the tip te- number two of recording this. Yeah, yeah, we had some technical difficulties the first time around. Carmen's computer just shut down <laughs> but it stopped before that remember we froze that's true yeah, and then so it, just, it restarted. Like the, yeah it's looking up today so yeah you haven't frozen it's all good let's let's go ahead yeah. let's get into this well, let's so go ahead yeah i'm gonna be talking about the guatemalan syphilis study today do you know anything about it well, apparently at one point I, I knew about it and I don't know m- much about it right now, except that it's horrible. Yeah. And I, I don't think you knew. I knew, I think you knew it happened. And so that's why you added it to the research topics. And then I was like, oh, let me look into this. You know what? Yeah. You're right. You're right. But I've, I had not looked into the details of it at all. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's all I know about it. Well, let me horrify you today and Thank our you. listeners yeah. about this perfect <laughs> and let me preface this entire episode by giving you trigger warning for everything possible everything in existence yeah and now that that's <laughs> out of the way um so in 2003 everything having to do with this came to light in 2003 before this nobody knew it even happened <laughs> wild yeah and, uh i can't i have no words mm-hmm. so in 2003 a historian at willesley college named susan reverby discovered the guatemalan syphilis study while she was researching another horrible scientific experiment uh called the Tuskegee last time i knew i was saying this wrong tuskegee tuskegee yeah the tuskegee experiments so just to like very very briefly touch on those So those experiments involved black men who had already contracted syphilis and they were being told by medical professionals that they were being treated for their medical condition. But in reality, they were receiving placebo uh, medication because the doctors were more interested in learning how their bodies would degrade from syphilis instead of treating them. Yeah, and the worst part about that study, no, I mean, there's so many horrible things about it, but one of the worst things is that penicillin was already a widely known treatment for syphilis, so they could have given them medicine, and some of them didn't even know they had it. Like, they weren't told. Well, most of them didn't know what syphilis was. They just, they would describe their illness as bad bad blood. blood. Yeah, jinx. Whatever. No. (laughs) But yeah, they they had a treatment and they didn't care to use it because they wanted to see what happened to people. And you know, black people were expend were are expendable to these people. So yeah, yeah, to medical institutions slash mm-hmm. prestigious universities. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, when the truth about those experiments came to light, it was immediately stopped, and a major lawsuit was filed. Eventually, the victims and their families were compensated, although, of course, I mean, nothing could ever truly remedy these injustices. and unlike mm-hmm. unlike those that suffered uh, from the Guatemalan experiments, they at least received some kind of compensation. But again, that is not I don't Make know up for anything. Yeah. so the tuskegee experiments i think began in the 50s and then weren't discovered until the 70s yeah uh so like the tuskegee experiments the guatemalan research began with the goal to understand the effect syphilis and other stis had on the body and to test whether the like existing treatments were effective and it turns out that one of the key researchers who later participated in Tuskegee, was a key figure. I said that weird. <laughs> in the Guatemalan. A Zifless key figure, yeah. <laughs> figure. What a surprise, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not surprised is what I meant by that. That was sarcastic. Yeah, and actually it was two of them. I don't even think it was just one of them. Two I think it was them. both of oh the, the Cutler guy and then Mahone. Ooh, yeah. Right. I want to say it was both of them. So, interest in syphilis research, research grew mainly because of World War II. Apparently, syphilis and other STIs were like a major drain on the military. So, <laughs> and I, I think you remember seeing those like vintage posters. Oh, the yes, yeah, that's one of the things I remember the most about learning about World War II was the very interesting posters about like, uh, I don't know, sex workers and like a, a Navy person in like a vintage, you know, Navy uniform. And yeah. Yeah. And they were like, don't, I don't know, I forgot what, how it was worded. Don't, it was not worded. You know what? Hold on. You know on. what? I yeah. Need look, to look one up. up. One of these. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. While you look it up, in 1943, a report found that new gonorrhea infections cost the Army 7 million working days each year. And the cost of treating the infections were around, was around $34 million. Damn. Okay, so here's one. We fought in the open. No, sorry. This is... Yeah, yeah. We fought in the open. Bubonic plague, yellow fever, tuberculosis, now venereal diseases. And it has like these drawings, but that's not even one of the best ones. Hold on. Yeah, um, there's better ones. Yeah, I looked at the wrong one. Stamp out venereal disease, use prophylaxis. No, there's better ones. Where the fuck are they? VD can be cured, but there's no medicine for regret. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. The best ones have a layer of shame in them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Exposing yourself to a VD without taking a pro prophylaxis means that you are a saboteur. Whether or not you get a venereal disease, you are gambling with the freedom of your country. Uh, carelessness. there you go. There there you go, yeah. That's the shame I was looking for. What is a saboteur? I can kind of see it. Probably someone who sabotages. Oh, (laughs) that makes sense. Uh, I guess I had never thought about that word. (laughs) Crossing your fingers won't prevent venereal disease. (laughs) Uh, He picked up more than a girl. He picked up a venereal disease. (laughs) Ooh, men who know, say no to prostitutes. That, that, I remember seeing that one. Ooh, do not like that one. I'm going to save it. It's not like, like, sex workers were just walking up. Were they? I don't know how they conducted business back then. But were they, like, walking up to them? Or were they being seeked out? Sought out, sorry. That too, sought out, but... Um, I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but oh, I know. What you're uh, sometimes say it was like a whole. It was the only thing you could do in like certain countries, and in some places, I want to say, and I don't know if it was United States military forces. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised, but I know for a fact other military forces had women that were and girls that were forced to stay in the camps that they were at um, mm. to perform sex work mm-hmm. um like japan i was gonna say i've heard of the of japan doing that i think it was to china wasn't it or other smaller countries korean women Oh okay mm-hmm awful awful stuff awful yeah so yeah most of the the best uh advert not advertisements whatever they're called propaganda posters, yeah yeah uh, involved misogyny and shaming <laughs> Yeah. So back then, the treatment that was used was usually ineffective because it burned upon application. So people were less likely to comply with it. And because of that, researchers became interested in preventive measures, which is the prophylaxis now that you keep referring to. That yeah. It's like a preventive thing, supposedly. But Or is that the one that burned? I don't even know. I don't remember. I shouldn't have burned. It would have been, I don't know. Actually, I don't know what it was like back then. Mm-hmm. Well, I would. I imagine pills when I hear uh, pills or vaccines when I hear prophylaxis. So that means like preventative treatment, no? But it does mean preventative measures. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Then that's what they were interested in, <laughs> in in okay. studying, um, and yeah, and specifically in medication that could prevent the disease once people were already exposed to it. So initially, the research committee agreed that it was scientifically important to do this kind of research, even though it would require them to introduce SCIs to people that were previously unexposed, and they knew this kind of testing would not be popular with the public. Um, so they agreed that only volunteers who were informed about the risks and provided their informed consent could be used. Informed yes informed consent emphasis on informed <laughs> um so it was concluded that the best place to conduct the experiment was a prison um and i didn't write it down cuz i didn't know how to pronounce it but i think it's like terra terra or terra hot or something like that uh, i don't know it was it's an i want to say it was in indiana but now i don't remember cuz i didn't <laughs> write it down it was somewhere in the midwest um so the researchers thought that the prisoners would participate out of patriotism, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because who thinks so? Because who thinks of prisoners as patriotic? Like, that's I, weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The last thing I would want to do if my, cr- my country that I reside in imprisoned me for something is be, be- patriotic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So in reality, they participated out of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I did write it down. Tear hot. It's spelled H A U T E. Haut? <laughs> Tear haut. I don't know. Hot, I think. Um so yeah, it is a federal prison in Indiana. Oh, you were right. Mm-hmm. I did remember. So the, research, the researchers exposed prisoners to bacteria that caused gonorrhea and then gave them medication to prevent them from contracting the disease, but within 10 months uh, the researchers realized that this wasn't working. Before the researchers could test preventative medicine, they first had to show that they couldn't infect the subjects. And so they were depositing strains and concentrations of gonorrhea on the sub- subject's sex organs, but they weren't producing any actual infections. Um, so the researchers came to the conclusion that there was something about the actual act of sex that made gonorrhea easier to transmit but they couldn't conduct that kind of experiment in Indiana where sex work was illegal. Mm -hmm. And while the experiments on prisoners were being conducted, penicillin was becoming recognized as an effective cure for STIs, but the researchers still had some questions about it, like uh, could penicillin be used again if a patient was reintroduced to the same or different strains? Uh, Did it provide immediate relief or was it a cure? And could it be used preventatively after exposure? So, because they still had questions about it, they decided to continue their research and they ended up choosing Guatemala. Interesting that they decided to go to a Central American country. Yeah, well they got that idea from a Guatemalan physician. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking <laughs> fucking Dr. Juan Funes. Funes still probably. Out. Yeah. Little bitch. Uh, <laughs> So he had been involved in the prison experiment, and he suggested that Guatemala would be ideal because sex work was legal there, and sex workers were mandated to complete health inspections twice a week. So they would know who who has it already, yeah. So at first, Cutler planned to conduct the researcher—sorry, the research, not the researcher. What am I saying? <laughs> um he planned to to conduct the research out of a prison setting, just like in U.S., but when he arrived to Guatemala in, in August of 1964, the country was going through a huge transformation in which the decades-long dictatorship had just ended, and the new government was hoping to foster a relationship with the U.S., and Cutler became a huge part of that by helping to build labs, train doctors, provide supplies. And in exchange, he gained access to the military, orphanages, mental health centers, and prisons. Ugh. Which Guatemala would later come to regret. <laughs> yeah. So Cutler and his team began the experiments of intentional exposure with the Guatemalan army. Cutler used sex workers to trick military men into infecting them. In one of the earlier studies, he infected sex workers. <laughs> warning, but by moistening a cotton swab with pus carrying gonorrhea mm. bacteria and inserting it into their genitals with quote considerable vigor. And this is what the article Ugh. said. It said considerable vigor. Yeah. It just sounds gross. Oh like God. I feel gross reading that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were asking. Saying that, I mean, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And there was no evidence uh, that sex workers were informed about the risk or anything um, about the experiment. And all of them. Safe to assume they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them contracted the disease. Um, In a later version of the experiment, he had the sex workers have sex with the men he wanted to study. First prisoners and then military men. The soldiers were often given alcohol before being set up with the sex workers, and the sex workers were asked to have sex with multiple men in a row. Another trigger warning. (laughs) One sex worker had sex with eight soldiers in a little over an hour. And honestly, that sounds painful and uncomfortable. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, These soldiers were never informed that this was part of an experiment, meaning they never gave informed consent. Mm Mm-hmm. The word we kept saying on the beginning of, the, right? of this yeah. episode. Informed consent. Wow. And and <laughs> because they never gave their informed consent, the entirety of the experiment obviously is unethical. Yes. Cutler, in the meantime, knew that his experiments would be frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> um only a month into the to intentionally exposing soldiers to gonorrhea, he received a letter from a colleague acknowledging that his type of research could not be conducted in the U.S. In another letter... So they knew. Yeah, they knew what they were doing yeah. was sketchy. In another letter, Cutler wrote that they should keep their research a secret. And then he also wrote about there being... Cons- mm-hmm. He also wrote about being concerned about the project being discontinued if like, people found out what they were doing. And in the article, one of the articles that I used for the research, they... Kind of like emphasized that research ethics were unambiguous at that time, but even if that was the case, I mean, which it was, the experiments were still legal by Guatemalan penal codes because it was a crime to purposely transmit venereal disease to another person. Mm. Mhm. <laughs> and for the penal codes, <laughs> doctors who were aware that their patients were infected and did nothing to prevent transmission were considered accessories to the crime. Mm, wow. Yeah, um, but even though it was... And see, that's um, that's the thing, because people hearing this will say, well, not, hopefully not our listeners, but some mm-hmm. people about these studies and about the Tuskegee studies, they'll be like, oh, well, times were different back then. All studies were like back then. Okay, then why were these people hiding, purposely hiding what they were doing? Exactly, yeah. They knew it was wrong. Yeah, because you don't hide things that you're not, you know, ashamed about. Mm-hmm. or you know exactly and although it was clearly illegal for them to be doing this kind of shit guatemalan physicians and authorities and the ministry of health knew about the experiments and did nothing to stop it at the time either (sighs) yeah and then i mean there was everybody everybody failed these people yeah and yeah and in i guess i do want to note too that there was i don't know what guatemal guatemalan like authorities could have done if they had tried to act on it or not to prevent it, because there is like a inherent imbalance Inbalance. there as well. Yeah. 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 hmm That's true. So back to the research, um, things only got worse. <laughs> so um, yeah, Cutler's experiment using the sex workers didn't actually accomplish much uh, because none of the soldiers contracted gonorrhea. So then he began using artificial inoculation So he would do this, trigger warning, by placing infected biological material on the surface of the subject's genitals, like he had in the U.S. prison experiments. But soon Mm. he started to perform something called the deep inoculation by inserting the pus deeper into the patient's urethras. And rates of infection soon escalated. Uh, And then it got even worse. Because he expanded his research to the only psychiatric hospital in the country called Asilo de Alienados. That name, the yeah. Asylum of the Alienated? Mm, yeah. Mm. It's getting problem- problematic. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So he began to inject subjects with gonorrhea and syphilis bacteria. Even placing the bacteria in the subject's eyes and scraping male Jesus fucking Christ. I (laughs) know, it's horrible. It's like basically torture (gasps) at this point. This is this is literally just doing it for like what if? Like why? Exactly. exactly. In what instance would anyone have that even happen? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So he also started scraping male subjects' penises with hypodermic needles and dressing their injuries there's a nat in here dressing their injuries with material covered in syphilis bacteria oh my god <sighs> and female subjects and, and were the were his study his subjects at the prison already not enough or what like why did he have to go and do this somewhere else on i top guess of not when he was already doing it yeah it's truly that's even worse like why <laughs> yeah 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 what was the reason? What was the reason? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, as Cardi B says. So, mm-hmm. uh, so female subjects uh, were told to swallow syphilis solutions. And sometimes subjects were injected with infected pus in their spinal cords. Oh, my God. Why? <laughs> mm, well, you're going to just keep asking yourself that question. Yeah. (laughs) In one horrible case, a subject named Berta was injected in her left arm with syphilis. And a month later, she developed small red bumps in her injection site. And then later, lesions? No, that's not right. Lesions. Lesions. Lesions on her limbs um, started developing. Yeah. So the research team treated her three months after being infected. But Cutler wrote in his notes that it looked like she was going to die. And the same day that he wrote this note, researchers put gonorrhea pus in her eyes Uh, and infected her with syphilis. Oh, my God. Oh, because the whole time they were doing gonorrhea. Yeah. And now they were like, let's give her this, too, even though she's on the brink of death. Exactly. Yeah. I can't. (laughs) Um, Soon, her eyes filled with discharge and she started bleeding from her urethra. And then she died days after that. Oh, go. Oh and gosh. it is just if <laughs> if, I mean everything that we know so far shows how, what is the word for like when people are treated as this oh disposable? That's the word I'm trying to think of. Like they did not show <laughs> how disposable <laughs> these people were to them. Oh yeah, yeah, and several patients died after being involved in the study. Ugh, of course, yeah. So, um, only two months into the experiment, interest in preventative treatment began to fade because penicillin was such an effective treatment. So, everything yeah, they did, on top of being cruel, was pointless. <laughs> Horrible. Because there was already medicine to treat yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, who cares what it does? Just give people medicine. Exactly. Like, why do we... And the horrible thing, it's like we going back to Tuskegee is that this was earlier and already this research was kind of like moot because penicillin was an effective treatment already. Yeah, And that means that, I don't know, the by the time they got around to doing the Tuskegee experiments, penicillin was like a true and tested medication. So it was like, why? Even more like why again? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah interest in studies like that began to fade and soon after that the surgeon that originally supported cutler's work was replaced and mahoney wrote to cutler stating they needed to get their ducks in in a line or ducks in line whatever (sighs) the saying is ducks in line i think i don't know yeah so again they knew what they were doing was wrong yeah you don't write letters like that for no reason exactly yeah And only a few months after that, Cutler concluded his research and returned to the U.S., leaving one American researcher and some partners to continue the experiments in Guatemala. So some subjects continued to be monitored and kept testing positive for STIs. And it wasn't clear if they were ever given treatment. Mm -hmm. Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I think we can assume that. Uh, Cutler... Yeah, Cutler wrote about his findings in 1952 and 1954, but his reports were never peer-reviewed or published, and none of the collaborators on the project included any, included any of it in their official reviews of STI research. So doesn't it seem like they knew this shit was fucked up, so nobody published it or wrote about it in any public form, you know? Yeah, so this makes it all even more sadistic, because then if it wasn't for science, then what the fuck was it for? Right? Like... Exactly. Like, wow. Yeah. No puss. No puss. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Cutler went on to have a successful career, including, like I said earlier, the infamous Tuskegee experiment, which he defended, like, to his dying day. <laughs> Little bitch. Yeah, he even became the Dean of the Graduate School of Public Health at the University of Pittsburgh. And when he died in 2003, all of his papers were given to the archives, archives, archives. Yeah, I I corrected myself. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. English, really? It's like, (laughs) okay, archives is one of those words that I had never heard out loud until like, you know, a few years, several years ago now. Mm -hmm. But I had never seen the word or heard someone say the word out loud. So when I read it, in my mind, it was archives. (laughs) Yeah. And then I heard it for the first time and I was like, oh, shit, I've been saying that wrong. And, you know, I don't think I knew until I went to university. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I learned. When they talk about the library and everything the librarians can do for you. In one of my many attempts at college I heard the word archives a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, at least you got something out of it. <laughs> no degree, but I know how archives is pronounced. Archives, bitch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he died in two thousand three, and all of his paper, papers were given to the archives of the school, and that is when Reverby found them and discovered the Guatemalan experiments. This is why they everything were was hidden. Discovered them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow wow and she wasn't like I, yeah, I said earlier she was in, interested in studying the Tuskegee experiments uh, when she discovered all of this among his shit so eventually the White House when everything came to light I mean uh, the White House through the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues completed a report on the Guatemalan experiments and they found that out of the 1,308 subjects who were exposed to an STI. Only 678 were documented to receive treatment. Wow. Wow. But I think it's safe to assume that they weren't provided with timely treatment given Berta's story. Yeah, because they knew they needed to treat her and instead they gave her another disease. Yeah. And then she Unfortunately, died anyway because of uh, all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, along with the report, the White House also issued a public apology to the Guatemalan government for violating its citizens' human rights, and the then president of Guatemala announced that it, their own investigation would be conducted. Yeah, because although at that time the Guatemalan authorities, uh, medical authorities knew what was happening. Nobody knew after that. Like, it was kind of also hidden. Um, So while the U.S. completed an investigation and issued an apology, the surviving victims never received compensation or treatment. Oh, my God. Yeah. But before we talk about the fight of the Guatemalan victim to seek justice, I wanted to mention the story of one victim and his family. So, Federico Ramos was 22 when he involuntarily joined the military. They were, like, forced to join at that time. Oh, God. it was, God. like, this yeah. civil war and everything. Right. Um, so, after completing his service, Federico moved to a small village of 400 people near his hometown. And he worked planting beans and corn. And soon, he started his own family. Uh, soon after settling down, he started suffering from something he called bad urine. Because he would feel extreme, mm. mm-hmm, extreme strain when urinating, and it only got worse over the years, spreading beyond his genitals to his appendix and other organs. When his eight children grew up, they also started experiencing similar health problems, <sighs> and later, their children did too. Oh my god! Yeah, Fredri- Frederico's son, Benjamin. Experience intense pain when needing to urinate, and it was so bad that he would need to sit down and breathe to gain strength to walk home from the field Oh my god. I know it's really sad. And and this is one family story. And what? there was a, and, a and thousand two hundred and eight people in the US study. But you'll see that there's actually more in the Guatemalan study investigation oh that god. they did. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So see where was i with benjamin okay benjamin's son roeli i think is how you pronounce it it's r-o-h-e-l-i what a unique name yeah so roeli grew up experiencing aches in his joints one of benjamin's nieces was unable to have children and his grandsons had such horrible leg pain that they could hardly focus on their schoolwork Poor babies. Yeah. The family didn't know what they were suffering from for a long time until a friend of theirs who was studying at a nearby university looked up their symptoms and told them that it seemed like gonorrhea. The friend told... And they must have been like, how do we even have this? Yeah. Because he didn't know because he didn't know he was part of the study. Exactly. So the friend told them about a textbook explaining that a common symptom is a burning feeling during urination that in severe cases it could damage the reproductive organs and that an infected mm-hmm. woman could pass it to her children which could result in joint infections blindness or life-threatening blood infection yeah um, and so they did this to people and then didn't some people didn't like go back they to didn't the, know they, they never t- knew Oh, my God, because in that Tuskegee, Tuskegee one, they would come back and get, you know, no, because they did. Oh, my. This is just I don't know where I'm going with that thought. I'm just horrified. Yeah. <laughs> so being as poor and remote as they were, the family couldn't find treatment. And the way they found out also, like what happened is um that federico later learned from the news that in the 1940s guatemalan military members along with mental patients and prisoners had been exposed to gonorrhea syphilis and i don't know how this is pronounced and i don't know what it is it's spelled c h a n c r o i d do you know what that is c h what c h a n c r o i d c h a r N. Are you not paying attention? What are you doing? I'm trying to spell it, but I forgot how to spell it. C-H-A-N-C-R-O-I-D. C-R-O-I... Can... What's... chancreoid? Cancroid? It's probably cancroid. I would guess cancroid, yeah. Oh, Does it say it's what an it important is? important cofactor of HIV transmission. Oh, wow. A general... A genital ulcer... It gives you genital ulcers. Oh, Ooh, so it's a, it's a bacteria. It's caused by a bacteria. Yeah, that gives painful superficial ulcers and lymph, lymphadenopathy, so your lymph nodes get oh, swollen. wow. Yeah, and it, it occurs in Asia, Africa, and the Caribbean, apparently. So, yeah, uh, Guatemalan military members, mental patients, and prisoners were exposed to all these things from this study. Oh, my God. And he found out because Everything was on the news. It was like all over the news because then Secretary of the State Miss Hillary um, had just <laughs> issued a public I apology. Know why you said it like that. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> and this is how they. F- oh my god! This is this is how he found is, out what happened to him. Yeah. What a terrible. Oh, it's just awful. <laughs> just and then even though way they, to find out. yeah, and even though they knew what happened to them and what they all had, they were too rural and poor to get treatment wow yeah wow and where was the where was the help they should have gotten help from the people that did this shit to them right like yeah and this affected generations generations and so if there was a bunch of people in this study and a bunch oh yeah they <laughs> don't like this so the u.s um, report said like a thousand three hundred eight uh subjects, right? Mm-hmm. Another article I found stated that more than five thousand uninformed and unconsenting Guatemalan people were intentionally infected with bacteria that caused STIs. Oh my god, that yeah. is a lot! And okay, and these people went on to maybe have well, obviously went on to have families, and it just, yeah. They just kept spreading it because they didn't know. This is horrifying. Mm-hmm. This is, ugh, I don't like this. Yeah. And this article, which um, they talk about the Guatemalan investigation into all of this, mentioned that it was not only adults that were subjects. No. Well, do you remember earlier how I said he was given access to orphanages? Yes. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, they they said in their article oh, from the Guatemalan investigation, I mean, that children, many of those being orphans, were also subjects of this wow. horrible, horrible thing. Wow. And along with the prisoners, soldiers, uh, mental patients, and sex workers, subjects also included indigenous Guatemalans and leprosy patients. Oh, my God. Yeah, and unlike the U.S. report on the experiments, the Guatemalan report um, went hard against the U.S. And in their report, the report was titled Consentir el Daño Experimentos Médicos de Estados Unidos en Guatemala. So that means to agree to the harm medical exper- experiments by the United States in Guatemala. In the Guatemalan report, they stated that the U.S. experiments were a crime against humanity and that racism and discrimination were present in the experiments in explicit and conscious ways. And so the, in the U.S. report, never mentioned anything like that, because, of course, they would never admit to that. Yeah, of course it didn't. They know. But look at who was targeted. The most marginalized. Exactly. Yeah. Orphanages, asylums, indigenous people. Ugh. Prisoners, sex workers. Prisoners, yeah, yeah. Um, in their report, they also called for reparation and compensation for the victims. In 2012, a class action lawsuit was brought to the U.S. Federal District Court on behalf of the Guatemalan victims and the survivors, but the court dismissed the case on the grounds of sovereign immunity. Oh. And oh. yeah, so they described in legal lease, which I don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't, I don't know, know that either, but they should be held accountable. Yeah. And so um, I did uh, write down the statement that was issued by the court, well, part of it. So it said that the Guatemala study is a deeply troubling chapter in our nation's history. Yet this court is powerless to provide any redress to the plaintiffs. The pleas are more appropriately directed to the political branches of our government who, if they choose, have the ability to grant some modicum of relief to those affected by the Guatemala study. What the fuck ever. (laughs) Yeah, but at that time, of course, no political branch had provided relief to the plaintiffs. Yeah. Uh, The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services later announced the funding of $1.8 million to improve treatment, prevention of HIV and other STIs in Guatemala and to strengthen ethical training on human research protections. The CDC was also tasked with developing a case study on the unethical research conducted in Guatemala. And while that's trying to fix some of the issues, it has not changed the fact that victims were not given treatment or compensation. Yeah, yeah, that's not enough. The Guatemalan report stated that the experiments violated the U.N. Declaration of Universal Human Rights, which had been ratified by both the U.S. and Guatemala at the time of the experiments. And they argue that the case should be heard by the U.N. because the experiments clearly violated international law. And then the report also talked about the medical ethics of do no harm, which they clearly violated. (laughs) uh yeah again and again and again yeah and in that article that i'm talking about the authors note that the victims of tuskegee and their families were eventually provided treatment and compensation uh, but guatemalan victims had not and they emphasize that this only happened because organizations made the public aware of the wrongful acts and sought justice through the court system and they applied pressure on the government to take action so in 2019 a U.S. federal judge in Maryland ruled that the pharmaceutical company Bristol Myers Quibb, John Hopkins. OK, so, yeah, I had before I, I ended my research uh-huh. before, but then I kept looking up because I'm like, how did this end? Like, because that prior lawsuit, what is the conclusion of all this? Yeah, was dismissed. It and then didn't I was go like, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then what? So then this is how I found this information. So, yeah, in 2019, a U.S. federal judge in Maryland ruled that the pharmaceutical company Bristol-Myers Squibb, John Hopkins University, and the Rockefeller Foundation must face a $1 billion lawsuit, sorry, I said that word, $1 billion lawsuit, for their roles <laughs> in the experiments. And I didn't find any actual information about their roles in the experiment, but I, I'm guessing they funded part of it or something. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But in 2022, another federal judge, Judge Theodore Chuang, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it. He dismissed a lawsuit finding insufficient evidence. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And were you about to say insufficient evidence? I was about to say insufficient evidence. Um, excuse me? Yeah. Um, so part of his 77 page opinion stated the court recognizes that its ruling will frustrate the efforts of the victims of the Guatemala experiments to achieve justice. In the end, the court's ruling, in combination with another federal court's ruling, that the United States government and the successor organization to the Pan-American Sanitary Bureau, that they're immune from suit for their roles in the Guatemala experiments, Then he cites that, um, that court case, Uh, comma, uh, illustrates the limits of the court system to provide justice for every injustice. uh, Yeah, it goes on. At other times in our history when the United States government has engaged in egregious conduct against blameless victims, it has not only taken responsibility as it has in this instance, through an apology by the president of the United States to the people of Guatemala. What? I'm sorry. What are they going to do with an apology? Yeah. The president who issued that apology can shove <sighs> it up his ass. Guess who it was? Actually, you should yeah. know based on who was the secretary of state Obama? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I said it like I wasn't, un- I was unsure. Wait, no, it wasn't. 2003, was oh, it? Oh, shit. <laughs> it doesn't oh no oh, she wasn't was 2003 no fuck now i feel dumb no it came to light in 2003 and clinton was the secretary of state but she was also secretary of state under him but he was president twice in a row but i remember we we're in high school so it can't be it so the u.s apologized in 2010 the fuck Oh, so did this come to light in two thousand three, but the US didn't apologize till two thousand ten? Actually yeah. you're right. It was Obama. You're right. Because Here he is in a, Yeah. In this article. You see that? Yeah. Cause I remember yeah. the articles I, I used October were October first, 2010. Wow. This month decades ago. <laughs> Decade ago, I mean. Wow. So if it came because the historian found it in 2003, like, why did it take so long to apologize? I wonder. I don't know. I didn't come. I didn't see that anywhere. Maybe because they did a... They waited until they had their investigation report completed. And I guess it took that long. (laughs) Um... Yeah, because it says that it came to light in 2003 and the historian says I was doing what historians do. I started to read and I almost fell off my chair. (laughs) Yeah. Seems fitting. Yeah. So I don't know why it took them that long to address it. So anyway, the court. Yeah, the judge was trying to say in his opinion That the U.S. took accountability because the president apologized to the people in Guatemala as if that does anything. So on on with the quote, because there's still a little bit more sentences. So um, he said, after the whole apology part, but it has also found other means by which to compensate victims. Such actions demonstrate not weakness, but the greatness of a nation that strives always to... I can't even say this without, like, rolling my eyes. Is this, is this relevant? Because I hate him already, and I don't want to hear his to, words. I'm, I'm going to finish. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, a greatness of a nation that strives always to right its wrongs and my to ass. advance the cause of justice. Whether any such remedy will be provided in this instance, however, is beyond the power of this court to grant. Oh, my God. So it's basically the same thing the other other court said. Like, yeah, oh, it's, it's basically beyond saying, the court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was earlier this year in April 2022. Oh, my and God. And I searched and searched and searched to see what happened after that, if anything. And I wasn't able to find anything. So. um Wow. We can assume that the victims and their families have not received any kind of compensation. Wow, and we I, and they can't even wow. say that this was so long ago that nobody's affected by it because we there see are still people. Yeah, like if this is left untreated, which it was, like the effects of it continue, continue as we saw in Federico's case. Yes. and it's mm-hmm. like I had no idea. About the joint issues that can happen because of that, you know? Yep. And so, yeah. I cannot that believe is... they haven't done anything. Yeah. They can take that apology and shove up their fucking culo. Because what exactly. is that going to do for anyone? Yeah. Wow. It's like, that has not wow. changed what happened. And that has not changed people's lives now. Who are still affected no. by this. Mm-mm. Wow. Was that everything? Yeah. Yeah. Because there was no conclusion. This is terrible. This is word. Oh. Wow. Um. Wow. I have no words other than that's terrible. Um. What? Well, d- Before we end the episode, do you want to address the <laughs> the L.A. politician stuff or no? Um. I mean, we could talk a little bit about it just to say fuck. <laughs> Nuri yeah. and the rest of them, but also to mm, acknowledge that our families and every, <laughs> that everyone has people like Nuri Martinez in their family. Yeah, people were like, We don't claim her. She doesn't represent us. And it's like, Oh, oh, now you don't want representation. Now she's not representation. Oh, and if people, no. I guess, don't know what we're talking about, they're. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You can um, find information <laughs> from. IG from Latina Rebels. Um, You can listen to the Locatora Radio episode on it, their most recent episode. The the recordings are all on Twitter too, but essentially uh, L.A. politician, nudie, whatever her name is, Martinez, and a few others, Martinez, were recorded saying horrifying things. Uh, I don't want to repeat any of it, but it's basically just super racist uh, towards Black people and Indigenous people, specifically people from Oaxaca, um, which always like bear the brunt of this anti-Indigenous anti-indige- uh, rhetoric, even though there is other Indigenous groups. Yeah, so it, it's just truly yeah. disgusting, and I think it just it just goes to show the work that the um, Latino community, you know, stole has to do yes and then on top of that also like you know when when election seasons come up it's always like oh look at this mexican person running and it's like okay but look at what they're doing look at who they really are like who gives a shit about first politicians are never your friends and yeah, they're gonna do sh- horrible shit like this. Um, and yeah, for the people that you know were online, like, oh, this doesn't represent us. It it does. This is this is what what it's like. You have to call this out. Um, and I I myself and it does yeah. it does represent us. Um, yeah, exactly. I I don't think there's anything more that <laughs> that represents Latino culture than uh this xenophobia situation. racism and anti-indigenous um beliefs yeah yeah oh because i forgot many... one machismo uh-huh. but other than that, oh yes other than yeah. that i think i think that is the four pillars the four pillars of latinidad exactly yeah and i and i yeah. hear all the time from black latinos and um indigenous i don't want to say indigenous latinos but you know. Some people don't identify as Latinos. They just yeah. ad- identify as indigenous. So yeah. So they they have been, I think for years now talking about Latinidad and uh how harmful it is. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have moved even from identifying themselves as um Latine, Latinx, you know, and and with their, you know, national nationalism i guess um mm. because like as as we as we have said in other episodes nation states the only way they came to be was through the um genocide and destruction of the indigenous people that were already there right like mexico yeah. was created on purpose with the erasure of indigenous people yeah so it was like mestizo chicano it's um all of it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's all really the same thing. Um, and uh, there was something I was gonna say about this. Um, oh, there was another thing a few couple months ago that came out that uh, Latino employees were being super racist towards black employees in some I don't know if it was a hospital. Oh, I something never heard about LA. this. It was LA, of course, though. it was LA, yeah. yeah. And that's not to say it, this is only LA because this is this is Latinidad. I guess when I we meant, of course, it was there because of the huge Latino population. Oh, yeah. And, and Mexican population specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when we were in preschool, <laughs> a Head Start teacher, so Head Start is a federally funded program for poor children to get free preschool, right? Um, and this preschool teacher was... Telling students, us included, that Black people were changuitos and what and um, monkeys. Yeah, you don't remember the story. No, I only know it because Mommy told me years later. I don't remember it happening. Oh wow, we were four. And that is what beauty Martinez, the words she used. This is exactly yes, chang. Yeah, calling them monkeys and. And this uh the only reason is because or people found out is because we told mommy, oh, there's a monkey passing by. And she was like, What? And and our mom is, I mean, again, I mean she's Mexican. Being, she's from Mexico. Yeah. She's from Mexico, so yeah, there's oh, gonna be worse, anti-blackness. Worse. She's from Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worse, yeah, she's from Guadalajara and you you know, everyone knows. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know, yeah. So uh, yeah, and and even she was like, "You can't say that," and and wow. so she went to the head start, and the teacher got fired. <gasps> I do not remember this at all. Yeah, mommy told me like a couple years ago or something like that. It's the only reason I remember. Wow. But yeah, this—I mean, the whole really—that's we've already said what the, everything there is to say about the situation. That it it does represent nothing. That. And you can't, you can't, every time someone does something like this, people are so quick to say that. And then other times they're so quick to embrace the Latino culture, right? But like, what is Latino culture if it's not just being racist? (laughs) Exactly. And in order for anything to change, we have to, first of all, own up to it, be accountable, um, identify the issues and then work on it. But if you're... yeah. you know, in denial or trying to act like this, this isn't Latinos, this isn't us, then we can never get to the place where we need to be. Right. If you're not yeah, acknowledging that it is us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and we all have biases. We all have things we have to unlearn. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Let's start doing that. Um, and I mean, like we, we, we talk home. about Latino yeah. issues. Yeah. It starts at home. Um, but, you know, you won't hear us also like, I mean, you're going to hear us always saying like, oh, that was anti-Indigenous, that was racist, that was this and that, like, because that's what, I mean, that's what you need to do. You need to and recognize that it happens. And we, you know, do it to each other. If Christina says something, that's a little off. <laughs> don't. I'm just using it as mean, an example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you say things Here like that all the time. <laughs> see, people see us. What is the reason for that? <laughs> I'm gonna explore that. But it's like you said, we all have um, biases and things that we need to unlearn because of the culture <laughs> that we yeah uh, grew up in. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Right. But you know, we only learn if we we call each other in, as as people say, um, <laughs> and start fighting your uncles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah throw hands yeah. <laughs> at thanksgiving you know your uh, yeah. your uncle said the n-word tell him something <laughs> Bite, him. <laughs> Bite him throw the turkey if you're eating turkey i don't know you're probably not because <laughs> ew <laughs> uh, but yeah um anything else to add before we wrap this up it's getting late i'm up past my bedtime Ooh yeah I no have stuff to do uh, <laughs> no i don't think i have anything else to add and and thank you for bringing that up because i was you know not i, I already forgot about it <laughs> no i'm just kidding i didn't forget about it but i wasn't gonna bring it up because i didn't know you wanted to talk about it <laughs> I, I figured we should just because of the topic of the podcast you know yeah yeah no yeah that was good i meant to bring it up on a spooky tales and i forgot so mm, no worries by next recording it's gonna be old news but (laughs) but yeah um if i mean if you made it through this horrifying episode (laughs) yeah and i'm sorry about it (laughs) thank you thank you for listening consider leaving a five-star rating um yeah you can find pictures on this about the stuff we talk about uh, on Instagram. We're just historias unknown. And I also post threads on the stuff we talk about on Twitter. And that's historia unknown. No S because the character limit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening and bye, everyone. Go to something. Bye. Nice for yourself after this horrible episode. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah. We all deserve it. Yes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye.